0: Welcome in and thanks for joining us for the latest edition of the Delaware Bible Cast, a podcast ministry at Delaware Bible Church. I'm Brad Harris. I serve as one of the pastors here on staff. And as we record this podcast, it's the beginning of Missions Conference at Delaware Bible Church. So over the month of May, we're going to be uh, sharing and recognizing several missionaries that are either just joining us for the conference or new missionaries that folks from our church probably haven't got to meet so much today. And one of our missionaries is going to be familiar to many of you, but new for many of you as well, and that is the missionary guest joining us, Cody Snoffer. Cody, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having us. So, Cody, you originally became one of our missionaries, I believe, right before COVID season. Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. So last year Cody was going to join us for Missions Conference but unfortunately that got canceled due to COVID. So I know that some of you know Cody from the area, but Cody for those who don't know you well, if you wouldn't mind please begin by sharing a little bit about yourself and your family and where you're currently living at. Absolutely. So I grew up here in Delaware. I went to
1: Delaware Christian School from 3rd grade all the way through 12th grade. Um, my mom and dad, Chet and Carmen Snoffer have been in Delaware for a long long time and I've had different gymnastics gym businesses over the years, so that's where I grew up between there and the soccer field and, you know, the halls of Delaware Christian School. You know, um, yeah, it was just an awesome first 18 years to my life. Uh, Once I graduated, I went to Mount Vernon Nazarene and played soccer and majored in missions and Spanish. And then after that, I moved out to Chicago with my wife, and we've been uh, serving with Missionary Athletes International since 2012.
0: Wow. So what, what year did you graduate from DCS? I
1: graduated high school in 2007. Okay.
0: All right. Just getting further and further away. As a 2008 grad, I can understand that. So. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the missionary board you currently serve with and the mission field that you're in. The mission we serve with is called
1: Missionary Athletes International. And their mission is to glorify God and see lives transformed by sharing the message of Jesus through the game of soccer. And I work with their Chicago office. We have four offices in the United States. And our Chicago office, all the teams uh, play for the Chicago Eagles. So our board is Missionary Athletes International. But the teams of kids that I coach and, and when I, you know, I'm on the field, so to speak, uh, the, the moniker is Chicago Eagles.
0: So you said teams of kids. Um, if you wouldn't mind, share with us just the average day in your life as a missionary, the type of kids you're working with, the age groups, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, so our, our strategy is to equip coaches uh, to coach teams for discipleship transformation. And, you know, by doing that, we think it's excellent if we have some teams for these coaches to be coaching. So my typical day, uh, we have an office. So I'm in that office, usually from about 9 to 2. And in that time, we're just kind of doing all the nuts and bolts and operational things to make sure that we have fields and teams and leagues and tournaments and trips once we leave that office. Uh, We spend a lot of time training young people. So we will get a lot of year-long interns that will come in and they will learn how to be a missionary and learn how to specifically be a sports missionary And so we just spend a lot of that office day training and equipping them how to run a ministry and um, really just kind of debriefing and problem shooting and preparing for when we leave the office and head to the field. Mm -hmm. On any given day from about 4 p.m. to 9 p.m., you know, anywhere in there, we're doing um, in-house soccer leagues in apartment complexes around Chicago. We're coaching teams of kids um, that play in travel leagues. And um, periodically throughout the year, we have short-term trips where we go overseas either to equip coaches and churches in sports ministry, or we'll take a team of young people to serve cross-culturally and learn about cross-cultural sports ministry.
0: So how long have you been serving in this mission? And, um, you know, what's, what's kind of been your background there in regards to finding out you can use soccer as a ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, I grew up as a
1: coach's kid and I saw the impact a coach could have on a young person's life by watching my parents and their gymnastics teams and and gymnastics gyms here. And also, I mean, I knew firsthand both. I just knew the power of the role of a coach in my own life as I had lots of different coaches from lots of different backgrounds with lots of different gifts or shortcomings. And, um, so when I was studying missiology in college and kind of just trying to figure out what did God want me to do with my life, I knew I wanted to do something that was gospel-centric. I knew I wanted to do something that would impact communities, and there's, that, that doesn't narrow it down all that much, right? right? And uh, turns out that um, when I was playing at Mount Vernon, we had an away game. We went to this match up in New York, and a director for Missionary Athletes International sits down with our team before the match and says... This is who we are. This is what we do. Glorify God. See life transformed through the game of soccer. And I went up to him and I said, how do I get involved? And he said, well, we have this summer program for college soccer players. It's a way to expose you to how to be a sports minister. And so I signed up. I got accepted. I raised the funds. And on my drive from Delaware, Ohio to Chicago, I was praying. And I said, God, honestly, this sounds too good to be true. Because, like, I think I'm going to love this. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think this is just going to be amazing. And I don't, I don't know if you can have this much fun and really be serving you. I don't know, like if this is real, you get the next nine weeks. Like, mm-hmm. prove it was literally my prayer. And um, and man, what was so cool was in those nine weeks. This was in 2009, was between my sophomore and junior year of college. So in those nine weeks that I was in Chicago with the Chicago Eagles my expectations were just totally shattered of what it means to be a sports minister. Um, I think I was expecting something very external, something very behavior modification based, Mm -hmm. something win the championship and get the mic and say, you know, to God be the glory, roll the credits. And um, what I got instead was just a really deeply relational, profound set of experiences and gifts and teachable moments to help, young people myself at that time as a participant, like try to figure out what gaps do I have in my understanding of the gospel and my belief of the gospel, you know, what pieces of my identity are rooted in non-eternal things. Mm-hmm. What motivates me that is not, you know, of this, you know, that's just not correct or is isn't going to last. And um, how do I engage competition in a redeemed and restored way? Mm-hmm. And so it was just such a refreshing paradigm shift for me. And, um, it really purposed my last two years at college. Um, I did some things with our Mount Vernon team and, um, senior year, you know, the big question, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? And I reached back out to the Eagles and I said, Hey, this is what I'm graduating in. This is what you guys, you know, what I experienced God do in my life in that time. So, what can I do? You right. know, what can I do? And they had this vision to expand their youth programming and urban ministry, and they were full of faith to let me and my wife take a stab at it.
0: Praise the Lord. And thats uh, it's encouraging to hear that, and I hope for those who are listening, maybe in the younger demographic figuring out what's next, that you can have a lot of fun serving the Lord in you the ministry can. too. You can. And it's great when, and it's really neat to see those God moments where God opens the door and does that. So COVID nineteen has uh in many ways changed all of our lives, but I'm sure with an athletics ministry such as you're a part of, there's been some changes you guys have had to make there. If you wouldn't mind share with us a little bit about how COVID nineteen has changed your mission work. Yeah.
1: The the primary change was just that big pause mm-hmm. you know, eighteen months ago, or I guess fourteen months ago, and just the pump the brakes stop everything and let's just see what happens. So that was that was the main change was March, April and half of May. You know, we weren't allowed out on the fields with kids. We were just trying to figure out how do you do youth sports safely and in a healthy environment and you know, preparing all the different hoops we would have to jump through to do that. But starting in June, praise God, we were able to be out on the fields with our players. We were able to you know, kind of work through different phases of socially distancing and personal training and isolation, Mm -hmm. you know, into full competitions. Our teams are playing now. It looks a little bit different and it doesn't look like it does on the television. Unfortunately, we still have a few more restrictions, but Mm -hmm. I would say the two biggest impacts that we've experienced over the last year, first of all, was all of our international trips were, were grounded. Um, we were still able to send some of our people to train, um, sports ministers, in really small groups, but this concept of taking teams over to serve and to be served and to learn and to grow together was just really um, put on hold. Um, We will have a couple of trips this summer. Mm -hmm. So we're thankful for that. We're continuing to cover that in prayer that all those details would come together and that those teams would be safe and would be a blessing. Um, But then the second thing, something that we do in our ministry, in our youth soccer ministry that is Different. I mean, this is really where the ministry component comes in is we do a lot of things with our players and families off the field. The game is an opportunity for us to build relationships and build trust so that the message of Jesus can be communicated on the field through teachable moments, but largely through off the field, just we walk through life with our neighbors types of things. Um, We have 13 coaches that live in diverse apartment complexes across um, the city of West Chicago, and that's on purpose about 50% of our players come from those apartment complexes. You know, these apartment complexes are full of nine different nationalities and 14 languages. And, um, there's just this really rich global culture in these neighborhoods. And so much of our ministry has been after practice, come over to the apartment and we'll all have popsicles and we're going to get out the guitar and do praise and worship, but we're going to have Bible studies. And, um, you know, that was just really challenged that get together inside off the field. Um, really ground to a halt and dealing with young people and teenagers that are going through you know just a whole lot this year that was was a big challenge for our people to try to figure out how do we still meaningfully engage our players Mm -hmm. how do we continue to invest in their lives when i mean their lives have just been thrown into the blunder
0: so inner city chicago where you're at have the covid restrictions been a lot more intense than you've seen or heard about in delaware ohio I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure they've been more
1: more strict. And we are we are in a suburb of Chicago okay. So we're on the train line, but we can't see the skyline. Okay, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. we're still a commuter town, but um, it is it is definitely the suburbs. And a lot of our people have moved out from the city to to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, from all come from all over the world to Chicago, and then they slowly move out the train line. And we are uh, we're a really working class fabric or um, factory town. I was going to say the word in Spanish. You know, factory town in between two more business commercial suburbs. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been strict. The majority of our city were essential employees. Mm-hmm. So our town had a very high positivity rate because very few people were ever sidelined from work, which is appraised. Like their income was not disrupted. Right but a lot of them were exposed and got sick. But praise God, because it's a real physical, manual labor, working-class town, um, we just had a really low morbidity rate because
0: our people were getting sick, but they were healthy and had the strength to get through it. So So you've shared with us about how God led you and your family to the mission field, but if you wouldn't mind, share with us your personal testimony about how you came to Christ.
1: Yeah, I'm one of those stories where I—
0: said the prayer and put my faith in Jesus
1: right before kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mean, I knew I had this concept of I was a pretty legalistic kid. So when I heard somebody explain sin, I mean, that made sense. I knew I had broken the rules, you know, in my house. So I was like, okay, I'm a sinner. I, I get that. Um, there's a God like that. That made sense to me. And Jesus is the way to have your sins forgiven like that. That all made sense to me at at a pretty young age. And so though. I was like, well, if Jesus is my way to be with God and to have my sins redeemed, then I'm it, you know. Um, But I would say from that young age of five, you know, to now, uh, there's like uh, the understanding of salvation has just grown, Mm -hmm. Um, the understanding of not only what God saved me from, but also what he's saved me for and the different – things in my life that have gone the way they've gone because of the community around me, because of my church and because of my school and because of my parents. Um, it's just been really profound. There's been some really neat moments where, you know, God's holiness just becomes real. Mm -hmm. Um, the freedom to have victory over sin through the Holy spirit. You know, there's been moments where, yeah, you feel like the character of Christ really grows by leaps and bounds in you. And then there's seasons where you just feel like, um, you need the Holy spirit to do the work all over again. Right. You know, we've, I think, I think, I think a lot of people would identify with that, mm-hmm. you know, so I would say like I, I became a member of God's family right before kindergarten. Um, and then I've just kind of, my mind's just been blown in terms of all that that means ever yeah. since.
0: As a, uh, as well, same here, right before kindergarten, right at that age group, continuing to see how God deepens your faith is an incredible thing and in how you can understand at that age, But then the mature as you mature and grow, it continues there. Yeah. So you've been in Delaware for a while. You've got some Delaware Christian School background. How did your family uh, get connected with DBC for missionary support? Yeah. So it was actually it was the missions team that reached out to me through um, through
1: I was going to say Mr. McDonald, you Mm -hmm. know, through through Gordon because he was the superintendent when I was here at DCS. Right. I'd been back to share at Bible classes. I'd been back to share in chapels and. My sister just graduated last year from DCS. So volleyball team deeply misses her. Yeah, man, <laughs> she's she was something. And we're just love her to death. And um so I'd kinda even though I'd graduated in two thousand seven, I've been on campus a fair bit since then. And um so Gordon just reached out and said, Hey, we as a as a church are we're exploring missionaries and we're exploring local ministry in addition to international ministry and would love for you to come and share. So yeah, that was about 18 months ago mm-hmm. that that process started, and, it, you know, we never personally attended Delaware Bible Church growing up, but, you know, in a lot of ways, I was raised here, right. you know, from age a lot of 8 to 18.
0: A lot of ways, you spent more time than a lot of church folks did here.
1: Sure, here our sure. And and just, I mean, the, the spiritual formation in every class mm-hmm. was just so profound, and, you know, and all that comes under the vision and the, and the shepherding of the church, so... Yeah, I mean, the school is a ministry of the church, and, and it just was wildly formational for me.
0: Yeah, and I think it's neat for people that are listening to kind of glean a couple of things from this. Number one, um, as Gordon and Pastor Aaron and others from our church body really um, were working with the missions committee, as folks were continuing to give to the church, we said we want to diversify some of our missionaries. Mm-hmm. So we were able to bring in some different guys such as yourself and also the local ties uh, the Lord brings that back is really cool. So let's, let's talk about some, uh, some fun non-missionary related stuff. That's great. Outside of your profession, what are some of the hobbies and things that you enjoy doing for fun?
1: Excellent question. So I love being outside. I joke that we're, we're outdoor cats. Um, so I mean, we, we love to run and jump and play and climb and hike. We snowboard, we play all sorts of sports outside. Um, just to just to get out. Um, we recently, my wife and I recently moved out of one of the apartment complexes where we had been doing ministry. We moved out a mile down the road. Um, but with that came a yard and and a garden. And so that was really great during COVID to just go dig in the dirt and, and contemplate things. Um, I love a good cup of coffee. I love, I love good food. So I love, I love small mom and pop restaurants that have unique takes on things and, um, my wife and I, we love to travel. We're blessed; we get to travel with our mission. My wife's family are missionaries in Indonesia, so oh, wow. we're blessed to visit family. It means five flights and thirty hours in a plane, and <laughs> different culture when we get there. Um, and and uh, we try to. I would say I, I would love to say I'm an avid reader, and that's that would be misleading. But like I'm a I'm a, a like a story consumer. Mm-hmm. I love story. And so I love authors that portray that really well through books. I love visual, you know, whether it's a series producer or a movie producer that does that well. Um, you know, the occasional video game that has a good story, but like I just love story, which sure. I think is why I love people. And um, so anything that's conveying a story, I love. I love to latch onto that for a minute.
0: Have you had any book recommendations, either religious or secular, yeah, that you would uh, recommend right now? That's either been Something sticking in your mind or something that's been really helpful for you? Yeah,
1: I've been reading a book called The Forgotten Jesus um, by Galati. um, And he's just highlighting Jesus's Jewishness, Mm -hmm. which kind of sounds like a a no-brainer. But he's just really walking through the Gospels and the things Jesus did and the things Jesus said and putting it in the context of 2,500 years ago you know, a Jewish nation that was occupied by Romans and a teacher that was from the hood. And, you know, it's just really cool. Some of the things that these verses that I liked and I memorized, but then when you realize the context that Jesus did these things in, it just gets like even more profound and even more colorful and kind of helps you start to read the gospels, not in black and white, but in like vivid color and even visualize it. So that's a, that's a recommendation that I'm still working through right now.
0: Very cool. So what advice or resources would you share with someone listening in that's particularly interested in sports ministry and mission work uh, regarding athletics or something similar to that? What, what's some of the things you would say to folks in that camp or that you would recommend to them?
1: Yeah, first thing
0: I'd say is that, I mean,
1: sports, music, food, art, I mean, those are universal languages. I mean, you can use those to connect to just about anybody. So first thing I do is just affirm those things as tools for the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You know, the ability to just use your dinner table to have somebody over and build relationship with them and invest in them and share the gospel with them just through life is, is profound. Same thing with, with whatever sport. Um, so I would just affirm it to start. And then the second thing I would say is there's, there are a lot of different organizations that are trying to equip people to view these as gospel tools. Um, You know, our organization loves to train. Uh, We are not good flag planters. Okay. You know, we're not a a very good franchise. We're really good equippers. Mm -hmm. And so whatever your vision is for sports ministry, you know, our organization, we'd love to just chat with you about it and, and ask you some good questions and help you refine your vision or, you know, get your church leadership on board with you. But there's also existing organizations that are really easy to partner with. I mean, FCA, Athletes in Action, mm-hmm. um, are some that have just done a really good job of creating space around the country and pretty easy resources. Um, the other, f- my favorite thing about sports ministry, I think sports ministers and just kind of gospel people in general, mm-hmm. we have no secret sauce, right? It's all it's all the Holy Spirit. It's mm-hmm, all, it's all Jesus. So we just try to be really open-handed and quick to share, mm-hmm. you know, just because – it's worked for me. So I want it to work for everybody. I want to see the kingdom grow. So, um, there's lots out there. I mean, I'm happy to be a resource if people have questions and want to reach out. I mean, it's as easy as a camp once a year, one day a week for most of the year, you know, to something really profound and multi-leveled and multi-aged, you know, but, um, yeah, I think, I just think sports is a really profound way to build relationships and to bring out
0: teachable moments. Mm hmm to just present the gospel and move. So folks would want to send you an email to find out more. Can you share your email address so people yeah. can do that? Yeah, my email
1: is S at ChicagoEagles.com. So Cody, C-O-D-Y-S at ChicagoEagles.com. And com is our website. So mm-hmm. my information's there and little snapshots of the different ministries we do and some, some really cool videos and stories as well.
0: So this question is not on the list of questions I gave you, but I thought might be a fun one to think through or to to respond to. Do you have a favorite story as your time in sports ministry, or some just a God moment where you're like, "Wow, that's a really cool thing uh, that God did through our ministry," or something like that? So this is one that's still developing mm-hmm. I think in in the world
1: of coaching or even education, anything with youth, right? You don't really know the success of the seeds you've sown until they're adults with their own children, honestly, you know? Um, but this is something that it's a picture that's not lost on me. And it's a picture I get to see two times a week. We do what we call a micro league this is for players under 10 years old and it's, At uh, elementary schools that are walkable distance from these apartment complexes full of where our coaches live and full of people from all around the world. Eight years ago, when my wife and I were first starting this, you know, we were just playing with the kids just from our neighborhood. And we were we walked over to the elementary school. We set up the goals and we were playing. And most of the kids that were playing with us were between third and sixth grade. Those are just kind of the kids that were trusting and we latched onto them and they liked the game of soccer. They were playing anyway. We were just playing with them. And a group of high school kids comes walking through the walkway from the apartment complex to the elementary school. And all the kids come up and tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, we got to go. I was like, well, we still got 45 minutes to play. They're like, yeah, but those high schoolers are here. And our parents really don't want us around them. We can't be where they are. And um, at that time, our neighborhood had just a lot of poor influences and, so I went over and I talked to these high school kids and I kind of gave them their own place to play with a different coach. And they only came a handful of times. They weren't really buying what we were into. Um, but it also helped me keep those kids that were interested in what we were doing on the field. And so I kind of started to navigate that. Fast forward, you know, eight years, um, and actually about three or four years ago, this micro league um, that we do twice a week for kids under under the age of 10 is largely staffed by high schoolers from our neighborhood and from our teams and it's just kind of part of this discipleship process of you're 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 a disciple you're in the discipleship wheel when you are accountable to someone and you're responsible to someone Mm -hmm. and we see jesus walk through that with his 12 in different ways um And so these kids that we disciple on our teams, you know, they're accountable to us as coaches, but we realized we wanted to make them responsible for the growth of someone else. So we started having them come to run and to coach and to pray and to be the devotionals for our micro league. And so I just sit there and I watch kids from my neighborhood, little kids from my neighborhood run to the field, high five and hug teenagers from their neighborhood or from the next town, next neighborhood over. And you know, eight years ago, that wasn't the case. Like mm-hmm. that could not happen. Parents did not want that to happen. And um, some of those high school kids, not only are they helping us with our micro leagues, but they're going on our international trips.
0: Praise the Lord! Wow. One of
1: them put his faith to Jesus on a on a trip to the DR and left left a lot of things at the cross. And it was it was really cool to see. And so there's just this really sweet cycle of. People growing in their faith or coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus, but then also beginning to share that through their gifts and abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching that wheel spin is a, is a real treat and a real blessing and something that's not lost on me.
0: Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah it's wonderful to hear. All right. Last one we'll go with. Uh, do you have any favorite Bible verses or a life verse that you would just say, the Lord's either really teaching me a lot through this right now, or this is kind of my life verse that I dedicate
1: to the Lord? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. I think um I had somebody ask me this in the Bible class just a few minutes ago. Um, and I think right now in this season, just with the world the way that it is and with our work being to the people it is, um, there's just really something beautiful about the image of God mm-hmm. in us. Um, and then the fact that that image is given to us, you know, at our at our, just at our creation, but then it, it's supplemented and it's enhanced by the Holy Spirit coming to us, you know, through our salvation. And so just as you start at Genesis 1 and you work your way through, um, man, there's just so much we as humans have to unite around and so much that we as humans have to affirm in, in one another. Like we have so much in common that we need to highlight and celebrate as we turn to seek Jesus. Right. Cause there's a lot of that we have in common that we need to leave behind and mm-hmm. let the cross redeem. But there's a lot we have in common that we do need to celebrate and like unite around and learn from each other and then fix our eyes on Jesus and chase him down. So I love a translation of, of John one that says, you know, and the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, just that image that God, you know, made us in his image, but then took it upon himself to put on flesh to perfectly represent it and was faithful to us to then let his spirit dwell in us is just beautiful. It's just beautiful. And it's something that I find really softens people's hearts when you affirm the image of God in them, even if they don't know Jesus, like they still have his image Mm -hmm. and you want to highlight those things. Um, to show that they're already connected to him, until they want to put their full faith and trust and name him king and lord of their life, and you know at that point in time the Holy Spirit takes over, and he's way better at cultivating that than I am. He,
0: he is, he is. But sounds like you're doing a great work there as well through your mission. I lied. There's one more question. Fantastic. Uh, if if uh, w- one of the things I'm really appreciative of here in the church are folks that pray for our missionaries. So, are there any specific ways that folks listening in could be praying for you and for your family?
1: Thank you. Um, Our family's growing. My wife and I have a daughter uh, who's two, and Lord willing, we'll have another one, another daughter joining us in June. So you can just pray for the joys and the challenges of parenting and the joys and the challenges of being a family in ministry. Mm -hmm. Being a family is hard no matter what you do with your life. And so, um, yeah, we would love prayers for that. Prayers for the the leaders that we train and that we equip because these guys are really on the front line in just really crazy life with young people. And so prayers for our coaches that they would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what he's doing and how he's leading them. Um, prayers just in general, you know, just for, for safety for yeah. our neighborhood. Our neighborhood is, is, it's safe. I mean, it's, it's a fairly safe community, um, but it's not perfect. And, um, and throw COVID into that as well. Sure. Right. And then I, I just say, lastly, just, um, I would just, I just would love to see the kingdom of God grow through the body of Christ in our town. You know, there's lots of churches and there's a number of different ministries and we just really want to be united in our receiving of God's kingdom. And that, that those are choices and those are, that's a lot of work. And, you know, so just prayer that, you know, in West Chicago, that we'd be faithful to receive the kingdom of God, just like you guys are being faithful to receive the kingdom of God here in Delaware.
0: It is a lot of work, but it's definitely work that's worth it. And we're glad that we're able to partner with uh, you and your family as you do that work. So again, Cody, we thank you for joining us here today. This podcast is going to air after Missions Conference, um, and Cody today is going to be spending some time in some of our other Bible classes that are going on. He's done elementary chapel and some classes already. Uh, But we will have all of the Missions Conference uh, sessions that Cody's a part of available later through our social media channels. So I hope that you will check that out if you miss any of them as well. So Cody, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for sharing about your ministry. Thank you everyone for listening. And we're looking forward to sharing with you again next week. Hope you have a great week.